Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. I would just say be realistic. You know, as a project manager, I'm very realistic about what can be done. But yeah, just um, keep first things first. Focus on that teamwork and relationship. And then I think that'll pay huge dividends in the long run. Do you feel like you're stuck in a rut in life or in a dead-end job with no progression? I'm Jerry Dugan, and welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast that offers you the motivation, inspiration, and practical tools to help you build a life worth living. My show is here to help you break free from your limitations and find a path to success. Join me as I share encouraging stories and actionable advice on how to get out of your rut in life and create a vision for your future. Life is just too short to live stuck in a rut. Here we go. Hey, what is going on, Rudder Nation? This is Jerry from Beyond the Rut, and our special guest in this episode is Hillary Kinney. Now, she is the author of a book called Project Management for Parents, and she takes her 17 years of experience as a project manager with a Fortune 500 company. We're going to share with you how you can apply some simple project management skills to really improve the communication in your family get things done, get along, and thrive together. So sit back, relax, grab a notebook and a pen. Here we go. All right. Hey, Hillary, thanks for joining me on the show. How are you doing? I'm great, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah, we were chatting just before I hit record, and I almost forgot we had to actually record an interview. And so uh, I'm glad I snapped out of that ADHD moment. <laughs> now, uh, now we met through Podmatch, uh, which yep. uh, I, I know you've heard me say it on other episodes, folks. Uh, but for those who are new, uh, Podmatch is kind of like uh, if a podcast directory and a dating website got together, had a baby, it would be Podmatch. So it links yes. hosts and guests together. That's how I met Hillary. Uh, I've met a bunch of other great guests on the show. Um, got to even deepen my friendship with Alex Sanfilippo uh, through the form of support tickets. Oh, wow. So <laughs> Alex is a great, very hands on. Yeah. Alex is a great guy. I don't know if you've met him, Hillary. Uh, I have not. Oh, man. Really neat guy. He's got a heart for helping podcasters succeed. And uh, this is one of those platforms where I saw it when it was in beta. And I was like, huh, that's kind of cute. You know, someday it'll be nice. And then two years later. Help them along. Yeah. Everybody's talking about it. I'm like, what is this pod match thing? And I get on and I love it. And so, yeah, it's yeah. great. It's super easy. <laughs> and yeah, it's a great way to find good, good matches. I'm like, hey, I think we'd be a good pod match. What do you think? And then, you know, it works or it doesn't. You know, yeah, it's good. Exactly. And, and like at first my worry was like, you wouldn't find that niche that is yours. And so there's that temptation to hit everybody up. Like, hey, you know, I can kind of right. stretch quite widely uh, to meet your message. And, and then after a while, you're like, wait, there's a bunch of folks that are just as niche down as I am that are hitting my target audience. I can help their mm -hmm. audience easily. Let's just do yeah. that. Uh, and so it's it's helped me say no. I don't know if that's helped you. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've definitely learned to narrow it down. Because at first I was like, oh, I want to talk to everyone. And I'm like, well, it's not quite as applicable yeah. um, to their audience. And, you know. Time is valuable, so exactly. target wisely. 
was it Sun Tzu that said, uh, he who defends everywhere defends nowhere? Ah, uh, yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. If you try to hit everybody, yeah. you, you really hit nobody. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that makes sense, though, because your background is in project management, and it's probably the same thing. If you try to do everything in your project, you really wind up doing nothing in your project. And it would never get rolled out. Exactly. You'd it's never a, be done, right? That, that specificity, that uh, focus, that prioritization is very key. Um, now, your background, I didn't say this in the intro, so I get to brag about you a little bit. You've worked in hotel administration for a while, the the hospitality industry. Um, you went to places like Cornell University. Um, oh, man, I got a friend who would love that. She also graduated from Cornell. Um, oh, cool. Yay. Yeah. Go Big Red. Right? <laughs> She's never said that. But anyway, that's not important. What is important? <laughs> you picked up some really good, important certifications that I know are hard to get, like project management professional from PMI. Um, I've, I've got a friend who got one of those and she studied for a long time and I'm like, wow, it's a you big were... test. Yeah. It's a four hour test. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. That but I love it. I uh, love project management. So I geeked out on it while I was studying. I studied a little too much. <laughs> I had to like narrow down and focus on the test because I was so enamored with the theory. They're like, Hillary, you're not going to pass. So you got to get to the practical stuff. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I will learn it all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like the, the gauntlet from, uh, was it the Avengers Endgame? Um, probably not. But anyway. <laughs> and Sorry. Then, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I was just geeking out. Um, and then you got a change man, uh, practitioner certification from ProSci. Is that how you say it? ProSci or ProSci? ProSci. Yep. Um, and it's a change management leadership center. And, uh, and if you're not familiar with change management, you'll probably hear about it from us in the next few minutes. Um, but you also have a family. You're married. You got some kids. Mm-hmm. You got a dog that we talked about. Yes. Uh, tell us about them just a little bit because uh, we don't want people saying, hey, let's go visit them because then that's creepy and we don't want that. Right. Yes. I don't know so, where that um, My husband and I just celebrated our 19-year wedding anniversary. So mm-hmm. very excited. We met at church. So, um, yeah, it's been great. Um, we've been living in the same house that whole time and we have a beautiful son who just turned 11. Um, and we have a very, um, slightly naughty hound dog as well. Nice. Who we adopted about, uh, two and a half years ago. Oh, so, yeah. Gets in the recycling yeah. and everything you said. Yeah. And we love the outdoors. <laughs> we love to go hiking and camping and, um, you know, be outside and we're pretty active. Yeah. yeah. We like to be out and about on, on adventures. Having. Now, we actually got you on here to talk about like your professional background and how it's actually applicable to um, you know, family life. And, and in some ways, I mean, project management skills and principles apply to when you're planning for a camping trip. But it sounds like that during the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, you noticed a couple of things uh, as far as parenting at home. Tell us about what were some of those trends that parents experienced uh, during the pandemic when we had those lockdown orders and work from home? Yeah, absolutely. So it was such a strange time, right? We're all like at home. You don't know what's happening in the world. And all of a sudden, like everything is happening at home. Like your kid's on a computer doing, you know, writing class and you're trying to get your work done. And then your kid needs some after school activities to do because they can't go outside. And you know, you've got to figure all this out and everything's really overwhelming because no one knows what's happening and there's so much change going on in the world. We're just like stressed out. And um, and then I started hearing from other parents just, you know, through social media, just the sort of overwhelm that they were feeling too. So it started as sort of this emotion of like, oh my goodness, what is happening? Like you can't quite get your head around it. 
And then I kind of got this feeling like, you know, this feels a lot like work when we have this huge project that this, you know, executive is saying you have to roll out right away. You don't have enough money and you have like two people, two resources to get it done because they don't have other resources to commit to this project. But, you know, it's got to get done. And sort of that similar, similar feeling like of, oh, my goodness, how are we going to do this? Um, so it was just it just started out as a thought. I was like, you know, you know, this is what I do every day at work. I take really big projects and I use techniques and break them down to make them manageable. So I started thinking of, okay, what are some things that we could do at home just with so much change and so much going on? And my husband and I trying to coordinate my son's school because, you know, we were both working from home. How do we coordinate that, keep those communication lines open and support our son so he can be successful at school? But we also need to be successful at work too, right? Um, So, you know, we started doing, um, you know, daily check-in meetings at breakfast, which is basically like a project status meeting where we'd be like, okay, my husband would be like, okay, I'll take him in the morning. And then I've got this meeting. Can you cover this hour? And then I'm like, okay, I'll do this. I've got this meeting. And then, you know, I'll take him to the playground on this at this time. So we're basically having project update meetings during breakfast to just talk about all the things that needed to happen. Um, And it was just a direct transfer of what I do at work. Um, and then trying to keep track of what my son needed to do for school and his assignments. You know, I, I had a whiteboard and I started just writing down his homework assignments, which is basically a task list at, you know, it's a, your project plan for the day. Um, so it's, again, another direct transfer of what I would do at work, just in a much more simplified format. So I found it really useful. And um, and I posted about it on LinkedIn. I was like, hey, here are some things that could help. And it was like five tips of what people can do. And it just kind of took off from there and people found it really helpful. Yeah. Now, you didn't go as far as like to have minutes and an agenda or it was just simply a transfer oh, no. of yeah, what's going on. Yeah, just super simple. Just like, let's talk about it. I'm all about keeping things simple, even at work. Like I work for a Fortune 500 company, but I, I'm all for keep use only the amount of process required to be faster and more organized. Don't overcomplicate it because it just slows you down and frustrates people. Yeah. So just enough. And the same thing at home, like we're not a business, you know, we're a family of people who love each other and we just want to get things done so we can go on more camping trips. Right. Or, you know, spend less time doing the stuff to keep the household running and spend more time making memories. So what can we do with those professional principles to use in a manageable way so that we have time for those, you know, more fun things. Yeah. And I, I can imagine that unlike at work, when you're having these meetings with your spouse, uh, you can actually like get all lovey-dovey and no one's going to contact HR. You're not going to get the call from HR that says, hey. <laughs> you can kiss your, you know, your project <laughs> yeah. stakeholder and it doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, just just thought I'd point that out for the listeners. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Don't, don't bust out the clipboard. Don't say, all right, today's yeah, agenda. Don't overdo it because it'll just scare them off. Like, yeah, that's one thing people ask me about. They're like, well, what's that fine line? And it's it's a little harder for me, because I'm a professional project manager, and I do that every day, and I can very easily go into that task, like get it done mode. But it's it's important to keep a, a conscious note of this is my family, this is not work. And, you know, we're just doing this to make things run more smoothly and not go into like sergeant mode, as yes. you said, <laughs> and um, just like get it done. Because yeah. it just, uh, yeah, it's not a good, it's not good for the relationship. But, you know, the other thing I think that's really important is, you know, at work, we we build teams, right? 
and you go, you do team building activities with your coworkers. And as a project manager, when I have a new project, I'm always focusing on building those relationships first and getting that foundation and that trust level built. And um, so when people think about team building at work, I think it, it helps to think about team building at home too. And and think about, okay, how can we, you know, build strong, you know, of course, you have good relationships at home, but how can you make them stronger or, you know, build skills in a way so that you guys work together better at home and open up those lines of communication. So there's other skills that you can apply to, to really build into your family to help build sort of like a foundation of teamwork to help you get that work done, similar to what people do at work, you know, when you go bowling together or, you know, on different activities. Yeah, sounds like- Do icebreakers, that sort of thing. Oh, hey, that's kind of- So did you and your husband do any icebreakers during the pandemic? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use CapShow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Um, I got some like cards for icebreakers. Um, I'm trying to remember, or I would ask questions like, so, you know, just like, what was your favorite part of the day? What was your least favorite part of the day? Just try to get that sharing going. Yeah. Um, and just ask, you know, insightful questions. How are you feeling about this? How are you feeling about that? Um, and then, you know, doing activities together. Cause I know, you know, doing activities together, like side by side is a great way to build relationship and understanding. So like you were talking about going camping with your son and doing something together, it helps you understand each other and sort of understand how you work. And doing those activities with your family are a great way um, to sort of do that. Like I always like they always say, like, if you've been working with someone remotely, it's great when you meet them in person, because it's much easier to communicate after that. And it's the same thing, you know, at home, the more time you spend just kind of doing stuff together, it sort of helps lay that foundation of when you really have to get something done, like understanding how they communicate, you know, what, you know, what, what's their sense of humor like, and how can you work together? Um, And it just makes it easier to get along too. Yeah. I imagine there's a little bit of um, bringing in team dynamics, uh, especially early on. Uh, some storming happens. Uh, oh, yeah. Where, yeah. That's a good point. Forming, storming, norming, performing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, first day or two, it's and, like, oh, this is great. We're hunkered down together. And then a few days later, you're like, man, that guy chews loud. <laughs> I know, right? Like, oh, my goodness, these people are getting on my nerves, you know? Yeah, totally. And then I think it's also like <clears throat> with younger kids, it's different. And teenagers, I think this is super helpful because, you know, they sort of become their own person and more independent. And it's a great way to stay connected. Just keep doing those activities together and keep those lines of communication open. You know, having those icebreakers, like don't make it formal, just like over dinner, you know, think of some fun question to ask or you know, just to keep those conversations going so people can understand each other. Yeah, I love that at the core of all this is remembering the relationship. So we're talking about project management principles that can help you alleviate the stress, get organized at home. 
However, at the core of this, the why of this is it's to keep that relationship nice and strong, keep those channels of communication open and create that that environment where it's psychologically safe to speak mm-hmm. up and share. Yeah. And I love that, that that's at the core of that. And that's probably the most important thing that opens the door to share those um, tasks that need to get done and talk that through and, and who's got responsibility over what. Yep. And, and really get like their buy-in. You know, we talked about, you know, just teed up change management earlier. Um, and change management is a really powerful business principle and, and philosophy that we use tandem with project management. And it's the people side of the change. And it's how do you support the people through the project to help them learn and adopt and accept the change. And it's incredibly powerful. And I wish the whole world knew about it because I think it, it's so impactful. But some of the, the key takeaways, like you were talking about, like it enables that support. And there are certain things you can do, um, you know, really intentionally to get that support. And one of those things is involving your kids in the work, in the conversation, in the planning of the work, and just start those conversations over the dinner table early. You know, just ask them, hey, we're thinking about going on a camping trip. You know, what do you want to eat? You know, and then they can have input in the menu and then they'll probably be more up to help you cook it over the campfire later. Or, you know, where do you want to go? You know, you know, if, if, if they have input into the decision, you know, do you want to go to a lake or do you want to go to a mountain? You know, if they have input, they're going to be more apt to participate. So bringing them in early, I know as parents, it can be a little strange, right? Because we're sometimes we fall into the trap of, oh, we're the parent, we're in charge, we're just going to um, set the direction and they need to follow us. Um, but it's really powerful involving them in that decision-making process um, to help them feel heard and listen and they'll participate more. Yeah. So it's a really, it's a really um, powerful um, principle. And the other thing with kids that's really fascinating is, you know, our kids are learning and growing and changing every year. And it helps build those executive function and planning skills in them if you bring them along for that decision planning ride, right? You sort of involve them and you can see over time they start to pick up these skills. And it's really powerful because that's what we want. Like eventually we want them to leave the home and go out there on their own and be successful. And if we involve them in these conversations and these planning sort of informal planning sessions, it helps build those skills and those problem solving skills too. Like, so if there's a, you know, an issue, um, you know, so, oh, there's a hole in the tent, what are we going to do? You know, let's come up with some ideas of how we're going to fix it. Like if we're on the campground, do we have a, I don't know, can we put a sandwich bag over it or, you know, do we go home or what do we do? And just, it sort of helps them build those skills. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of fun. And my own son, I've seen that, you know, he's very good at planning his day. Like when he comes home from school, he'll be like, okay, mom, I've got to do this chore. And then I want to go play with my friends. And then I've got to do, um, you know, this homework. And then I want to have my screen time, you know, and he, he plans it out. And that I think is a direct result of us having these conversations when he was younger of him come, come home. It's like, okay, well, let's look at your list. Let's see what you got to get done. And we talk it through, right? So it just really helps them um, in that way and start building those really important skills now. And that's huge because I know men in their 40s who still need their parents to make decisions for them and get them out of trouble. And it's like, how do you not know to do these things? How do you not know? um, (laughs) And, And the scary thing is, is parents think they're helping by doing it for their kids. I mean, granted, when they're young, of course, there are certain things and it has to be age appropriate. 
But just keep that in the back of the head of like, okay, okay, what makes sense for the age that my child is at? What can they be involved in? And um, how can I help build those skills in them? And as an empty nester, I can say what you're saying is very valid. Uh, I've got a 19-year-old and a 21-year-old, and they're making decisions for their own lives. They both live on their own. Uh, they've both decided- Congratulations. They Thank you. I know. It's like, yes. <laughs> uh, they ain't coming back. No, I'm kidding. No, I mean, granted, our daughter lives like a half mile down the road from us. But uh, she is doing her own thing. Like she works her own job. She's planning her own life. Um, That's great. She's managing her own bills. And I'm like, wow, um, I did not do that when I was 19. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, and my son, 21, he's already in a supervisor role at, at work. And I'm thinking, wow. Uh, you must be so proud of him. Yeah. You know, because he got there without having to join the military. So uh, a leadership role outside the military before the age of 21, because uh, he got that promotion a year, year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So proud of that's him. That's fantastic. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's all him. You know, our part was, um, you know, learn to do that yourself, son. <laughs> uh, how would you like to fix that? Um, yeah, and, yeah. And just helping, equipping them with those skills. Yeah. And giving them the opportunity to do it. And it's it's made me a better delegator um, as well. It's, you know, when you hand out a responsibility to your children, um it's theirs. And all you're holding to is their commitment to their responsibility that they said they would take on. And um, and that translates to work. You know, it makes me a better delegator at work. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's a good point. It translates to work, too. Yeah. And also, I think the negotiation skills with our children. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Oh, man. Especially when they're middle school. Middle school, I think, was harder oh, than great. when they got I'm to high school. I'm about to enter those years. Yes. Good luck. <laughs> My son's a crack negotiator. So. Oh, uh, yeah. Because middle school, um, sixth grade is fine because they're still kind of elementary-ish, but getting mm-hmm. exposed to what the seventh and eighth graders are. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, the the... I guess the spectrum of development of age and, is yeah. so wide, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. You know, you got those that are still holding on to their childhood and their innocence. And then you have those who sadly have grown up way too fast and all of them mm-hmm. are mixed together and it's clashing. And so by seventh grade, they're pushing boundaries. They're talking back. They're, they're exercising what they see in their friends do that they've known since middle school or, you know, elementary school. Um, for us, they, they started to chill out by high school. You know, they're quiet for a bit. Okay. And then junior, senior year, it was like, we got our kids back. We're All like, right. Oh, I better get ready. Yeah. We got middle school next year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Put on um, my boots. There you go. Yeah. And, and the key thing I would say is just you keep doing what you're doing, though. You know, keep the communication channels going. Uh, give them room to express themselves. Uh, you know, question. Like, a lot of the things they learn as, as kids – starts to hit reality around middle school, if not sooner. And, um, you know, like, is Santa Claus really not real? You know, it's like, <laughs> son, you're in seventh grade now. But, <laughs> what the heck? We told you this in fourth grade. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> we got to tell him. He didn't want to give it up. He did not. It was probably sooner. It was probably sixth grade. But I remember having that conversation with my wife. Like, we got to tell him Santa really is a made up thing. You know, like. like How did he take it? Uh, he, he was like, I know, it's just fun. I'm like, okay, but you're I in guess he was school. in denial mode, yeah. yes. Yeah, I, th- I don't think he was ready to let that go. His friends were all like, it's, it's stupid to like Santa. But uh, anyway, that I, I took us on a little rabbit hole there. Uh, we're back. I'm sorry. No, I appreciate the <laughs> advice for future <Right>? parenting. <laughs> we uh, need to help each other out. 
so you've shared with us some of the benefits you saw when you applied you know, project management skills and practices at home, like those morning check-ins with your husband, uh, including the kids even, and having them take on uh, areas of responsibility, kind of establishing what are their tasks for the day. And then having that communication board up, you know, I've seen that in healthcare, uh, where you know, even in patient rooms, you know, what's my goal today as a patient? I want to be able mm, to walk yeah. again, or whatever it is. Uh, and so doing that at the home really does help not only get everybody on the same page. We know who's doing what. You're also building those life learning skills, those life skills in your your kids as they get older, and that's that's really amazing to do. And and that's applying some of that change management uh, around getting buy in. See what people are resistant to, giving them a channel to voice their concerns and so on. So I, I really love how that comes together. Uh, and then, guys, again, we we are really pressing the importance of don't show up on the clipboard. You don't right. have to write it on an agenda. Don't bust out yesterday's minutes. You don't minutes. need a Microsoft project project <laughs> plan. And, and if you do, <laughs> don't show your spouse. Just keep that yeah, just tucked keep away. It under the table. <laughs> They will run screaming to the other room. Right. <laughs> um, and I mean, now I heard you say on another show, I, I listened to a few interviews you had done with other podcasters and uh, something you had talked about even was the idea of not just handing out tasks, but really like responsibility over a whole chain of events. So uh, one of the examples was uh, taking your dog to the vet. Like, you know, the tasks would be things like schedule the appointment. Another task would be take the dog to the appointment. Another task would be get the medicine. Um, mm -hmm. And rather than doling that out to multiple people, uh, giving the opportunity for somebody to, to really own the process from start to finish. If I'll schedule the appointment, take the dog to the appointment, get the medication, and then we'll, we'll work together or do something about the treatment after the fact. And um, so why is it important to really look at that entire chain of tasks and and talk through uh, responsibility. It's almost like a racy model in a sense, like who's responsible, mm -hmm. who's accountable, um, and the other two, C and I, who's <laughs> informed. Yeah, and that's a really good point. That was a podcast with my friend, Bart Berkey. Yes. Um, that's yeah. the one. Yep. So uh, most people don't. Um, yes. So yeah, that that is so important because um, there's so much to do at home. You know, there's a lot to keep a household running and there's a lot of work. It's like this whole little ecosystem on its own in addition to, you know, our work, office work or whatever work we do, plus the house household work that has to happen. And um, I think it's so important to think of the whole spectrum of tasks because I think we often just think of getting it done. But in project management, as a project manager, my job is to plan. Like I plan for the work. I think about the work. I think about what needs to be done. I follow up on the work. I make sure it's getting done. And it's all part of the work, but for some reason that all gets forgotten about. I don't know why. So like when we think about, you know, grocery shopping, you just think about going to the store. But to go to the grocery store, you have to think about, you have to notice first that you need groceries, then you have to make the list. And that's all part of that planning piece. And then you go to the store and then you come home, you put it away and then you have to say, oh, what did that store not have? Or what did I forget to get that I need to add? Like I forgot to get the eggs yesterday. I got to add eggs to the list for next time. And that's all part of work, right? And and it it that takes effort to do that. And in a household, you know, with your with your spouse, it's really important to have those conversations of who's doing all those different pieces. And it's easier because there's so much going on. If you know, if I was talking to my husband Jeff and said, "Okay, I'll make the appointment. You take him. I'll get the medicine." Um, I'll make the follow-up appointment. It's just a lot of back and forth and it's a lot of unnecessary work. Yeah. 
And it's just easier if one person owns it from start to finish and just keeps in mind all the different things that go along with it. And it reduces that back and forth and that need for updates. Um, And then it reduces um, sort of that effort required on the part of that person who may be in that planning role because they know that, oh, my spouse has got it. I don't even have to think about it because you probably or may or may not, but there's a term out there called the mental load. And it's referred to the mental effort it takes to plan and organize work at home. At work, that's just project management, right? It's the same thing. It's just at home. So just being aware of that is super important. And traditionally, that's fallen to the female of the household. And it's brought up a lot. The pandemic has brought up a lot of conversations on where does that work fall? Because during the pandemic, a lot of women left the workforce because there was so much to do at home. So it just opens up that conversation for couples to say, okay, well, what makes sense for us? Like, what makes sense for our family? Let's recognize that this is work and takes time. And how are we going to organize around it? Yeah. Like, you know, I handle the grocery shopping and cooking because I can cook. My husband can't, you know, it just kind of how it works. And, you know, he, he does the dishes and does the laundry. And that's just, and we sort of each handle our own areas and i don't think about the laundry and he doesn't really think about the grocery shopping unless he wants something unusual on the list and it just really helps um sort of ease the effort it takes to coordinate it reduces that coordination effort and then you can just get it done on your own time you don't have to like check in on you know is the appointment made is the follow-up appointment made did you get the medicine um and it just makes things easier right you can just kind of do it fit it in on your own schedule Um, and then, you know, it gets taken care of and then you have, you know, more time to do fun stuff. Yeah. And that makes sense to me because it it probably takes just as much effort, like taking a child to the doctor, for example, uh, or a doctor, the vet, even if I had just one task in that whole line of things, like go pick up the medicine from the pharmacy, that still requires planning, getting time carved out, um, and, and and timing it as well. Like did the doctor put the prescription in and, you know, that could create, and this has happened. So I, I'm speaking from exi- experience here, uh, having to go back and forth like, hey, did the the physician put the prescription in? Uh, great. Hey, am I at the right pharmacy? No, I'm not. Oh, man, the, the real pharmacy is right. a mile away. Dang it, I'm at the wrong one. Um, yeah, it's like know. those communication breakdowns, right? Yes. And it's, it's annoying, right? Let's reduce those those opportunities for annoyance when it could just be super streamlined and you have all the information you need and you can just run with it. Yeah. And um, and it's okay for you know dads to just take off from work and take care of their kids too. I don't, I don't know how socially we got to the expectation that you know it's the woman in the family who's expected to take time off from work and go take the child to the, the doctor. and um, But it, it just... It's ingrained. I, I see it uh, all the time. Even some of the most progressive organizations I've been in, um, you know, it's it's almost expected like, oh, hey, yeah, she's a mom. She's got to go take care of her child. And then dad mm-hmm. comes along and says, hey, I need to take some time off to take my child to this or that. And they look at you funny. It's like, don't look at me funny. I'm being an engaged dad. Leave me alone. Um, right. Yeah. And-, <laughs> yeah. and I think we're at a really interesting point in time where the pandemic brought up a lot of these questions. So I think, you know, for the people are more aware of it than they were in the past. So Um, you know, people having conversations about it, um, you know, like we are right now. And I think that's good. Like that's what helps promote change and, um, just people to figure out what works. I mean, I think we sort of fall into patterns that we may not be aware of. And, um, it just brings up the opportunity, like, you know, sit down with your spouse and just ask them, Hey, 
And this is all part of like project management, right? As project teams, as a project manager at work, I plan work based on resource ability and capability, right? So if I need a data analyst, first I find one that's available and I find one that has the skills to do the job. If that person's not available, then I go to the next person. So it's the exact same thing at home. And the thing I love about project management, because I love project management a lot, is it kind of depersonalizes it. You can have these what have been historically difficult conversations about how to get stuff done around the house in a very neutral way. You know, it's just like, hey, let's just talk about how do we want to get these tasks done. It doesn't have to be, you know, a guilt trip. It's just like, hey, let's identify everything that needs to get done at home. Or, hey, we're having a challenge with, you know, grocery shopping. We've, you know, we've been running low on food. Like I was talking to a coworker and um, I was like, oh, you're having Panera today. He's like, yeah, we're, we, you know, we're, we've been having trouble getting to the grocery store, you know, and he's got kids and I get it. Right. And just have a conversation with your spouse. Hey, how can we make this go better so we don't have to eat takeout or, you know, get lunch out and, you know, spend lots of money on takeout and just open up that conversation. And, and what makes sense? Like, you know, at that point in time, you know, it also depends on things like, you know, does your spouse have a long commute or a shorter commute? Like, can they fit it in on their on their way home? And things are changing. Like for their first week, next week, my husband is going back to the office one day a week. So that's a change in our family schedule. And we have to talk about and rework school drop-off because he used to do school drop-off, but now I'm going to do school drop-off. So just have that conversation and say, hey, what's changed? And, and how do we want to handle that? What makes sense based on our different schedules? Um, and our skills, like I don't want my husband doing the cooking and he doesn't want to cook. So I do the cooking and that's fine. <laughs> Sounds like it's safer that way too. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's what I love about it. You can just have a conversation and just say what makes sense. And also just talk about, well, how are you feeling? What's your stress level like? It's like if, like at various points in our marriage, like if I had a big project at work, like if, if something big was rolling out and I was in that like super busy time at work, I would start feeling overwhelmed. And I would communicate to that to my husband. He'd be like, okay, well, let's figure out what can we change at home to give you more time to, to you know, get through this busy time. So, so at one point, like we brought in food delivery services because I was so busy at work. You know, let's just take that off our plates and we yeah. don't have to think about it. So you can sort of ebb and flow depending on what's going on in your family life to reduce the work that you need to do, either outsource it or, you know, put it on pause, like just agree to, okay, you know, we're going to hire a landscaper for a while because I don't have time to move the lawn because I'm in this big project launch phase. Or I'm going to leave the Christmas decorations on the tree for three months because I don't have time to take them down. So, you know, and that's okay. You either push the work out to later, you know, in project management, like, oh, that's phase two. It's not happening <laughs> in phase out. We're going to delay that work, either delay it, outsource it, or decide not to do it. Yeah. And just to free up time to get the other work that you need to get done, yeah. done. That makes me think about, um, like in the circles my wife and I have run in, like how many wives just say they struggle with anxiety and coming to terms with their inability to do it all, you know, to, to work, to take care of the kids, to take care of everything at home. And as I'm hearing you talk about that, you know, bringing project management principles to the home opens up and facilitates those conversations every single day about what needs to get done. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you've opened that door of you know these folks, not just the wives. I mean, the husbands, too, probably are holding on to things uh, that they feel only they can do. They've got to get all these things done. Um, 
And by having that conversation, you realize, oh, this is everything that's on the plate. Now let's divide this up. This makes more sense. And you let go of phrases uh, like, I always take care of the laundry, or I always do the cooking, or I always do this. Because now you're talking about, for our community, the family, what do mm-hmm. we need? Uh, what do we need right now? What do we need tomorrow? What do we not need to do anymore? And it's I, I could just sense that relief of, huh. I don't have like, to do it's it. It's okay all. to talk about, you yeah. know? And it's so important because that anxiety and that overwhelm that women feel, it impacts the relationship with the spouse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, yeah. And so there's a psychological benefit to having that conversation. And if, if your partner's stress levels go down, that's going to give you more time to have more fun together, build your relationship up, um, you know, and there's a lot of benefits to just, just checking in and seeing how things are going and, and, um, you know, depending on what's going on. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, to your point about women, we tend to hold it in and not talk about it. Right. Cause we think it's expected of us mm-hmm. and I'm sure it would be a huge win. Can you imagine if I was a woman and my husband just came up to me and said, Hey hun, how are you doing? Like, is there anything I can help you with? Let's talk about how we, Oh my goodness. The amount of points that my spouse would right? score. Huge. <laughs> so for Valentine's day, my challenge to your listeners is go out and talk to your spouse and just say, hey, how's it going? How can we, you know, work together better as a team? You know, how can we, you know, organize the work around the house that makes more sense for us, for our family, because every family is different. And it'll impact your relationship in a huge positive manner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially those guys who are oblivious that our spouses are even struggling in the first place. Uh this is how you find out, and this is how you get to do a part. And yeah, just ask. Yeah, yeah, just oh, ask, huge. and then and then follow through. Don't just ask; follow through, and just take care of it. You know, like say, okay, and even one thing, say, oh, okay, I'll handle the vet appointments. You know, and I'll take the dog. Just handle one thing from start to finish. Just start small. You don't have to like reorganize. I mean, that's a lot. Just like just try one thing, or or hey, I'll uh, I don't know. I'll do the grocery shopping. Like sometimes my husband does that. He hates going to the grocery store. But, you know, if he knows I'm overwhelmed, he's like, hey, I'll go to the grocery store. And I really appreciate it because I know he hates it. And he does it. And that's a huge, huge win. Yeah. yeah for our relationship. Awesome. So the book is called Project Management for Parents. Uh, your website's also the same name, projectmanagementforparents.com. Um where else can folks reach out to you if they want you to like speak for their organization or they want to hire you for project management? Oh, thank you. I'd love to. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Hillary Kinney PMP. And then um, through my website, you can email me and all my socials are on there too. Awesome. And any final words of wisdom before we go? I would just say be realistic. You know, as a project manager, I'm very realistic about what can be done. And I think um, as ambitious individuals, you know, and I'm sure the listeners on this podcast are ambitious because they want to be productive. Just be super realistic about what you can do in balancing your home life and your professional life and um, implement some of these techniques that can help you. Um, But yeah, just um, keep first things first, focus on that teamwork and relationship, and then I think that'll pay huge dividends in the long run. Awesome. Hillary, it was great to have you on the show. Um, I lost track of time how long we were talking, so obviously a great conversation. Uh (laughs) Yes, I really enjoyed it. Now, I hope you got a lot of great nuggets and some fun because we laughed a lot in this episode. So hit the share button on however you're listening to this right now and send this to a friend, 
a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. In fact, if you lead a team of people and you know they have families and they're working from home, share this with them. Say, hey, this made me laugh. It gave me some great insights. I hope you can find some value in this as well. Now, if you want to see more of Hillary, I've got her information in the show notes. Just go to beyondtherut.com slash 368. There you'll find links to her show, uh, her website, I should say, uh, to her book and my book and all those things that we talked about. Now, I'm glad you joined me for this episode, and I look forward to joining you again on the next one. But until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Capshow is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Capshowian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.